0: Här är välkomna till ett nytt program här på Israelkanalen. Idag så tar jag med er till ett besök till en organisation som vi Israelkanalen stöter de senaste åren, nämligen Jerusalemite initiative. Och med mig här så har jag en av grundläggarna av mitt barack. Welcome to the program, Amit.
1: Thank you very much for the invitation.
0: Uh, you have to tell me a little bit about the background. What was the idea behind the, your organisation?
1: So I I was born and raised in Nazareth elite. That's the Jewish town next to Nazareth. So I grew up knowing Christians, Muslims, minorities, around uh, Nazareth in the Galilee. I had some uh, Christian neighbors. I had uh, some Christians in uh, in school. And uh, I grew up in a very uh, Zionist uh, home, very Zionist family. (coughs) And I believe, from a Zionist perspective, that if you live in a society with minorities that wants to be part of the society, wants to be part of, of the states, wants to, to build the, the state together with the majority, with the Jewish majority, wants to strengthen the society, wants to, uh, you know, fix the problems. Israel, like any other place in the world, is not perfect. You all the time need to improve. But if there are minorities who want to do it together with you, to improve, not just to criticize in order to break things, but to criticize in order to improve, I believe we should give them a place. And and I see it as a Zionist. For me, it's very important to take them hand by hand and to do it together. And uh, in 2012, I met uh, Christians from Nazareth and uh, Father Gabriel Nadaf. He led a movement that called the Israeli Arabic-speaking Christians, mostly the youth, to um, volunteer into the IDF. Arabic-speaking Christians in Israel, like uh, Arab Muslims, they are not obligated by law to serve in the IDF. They can volunteer if they want, but most of them didn't. Most of the Christians uh, didn't, just around 30-35 uh, every year, that's it. Out of uh, 1800 that finished, that graduate high school. And in 2000, Father Gabriel Nadav with a few other uh, Christian uh, officers, um, they made a loud and, and clear uh, call for Christian youth to volunteer to the IDF. After they saw the persecution, And actually the genocide against Christians mostly in Syria, in Iraq, but also the persecution against Christians in Egypt, also in the Palestinian Authority, they decided that Christians should take a stand, a clear stand, with the state of Israel, with the society. And they said, this is our homeland. We we were born here. We, We are growing up here. We should take part in defending Israel. Looks what's happening with our brothers and sisters all over the Middle East. So we should stand with our uh, uh, brothers and sisters, with the Jewish people, with the Jews, with the Circassians that serve in the IDF. And we should take part in defending our state, our homes, our churches. And um, I, I, I heard about it. and. Uh, I began to help Father Gabriel Nadav and, and his, uh, his people and I became the project manager of his organization.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, so, but Israel is, you know, one democracy. Uh, with, uh, I mean, you regard the Christian minority, you don't suppress them here. Uh, but when you go to the Arab world, a lot of bad things has happened to, to the Christians, as, as you say. We when we saw what ISIS did, you know, to, they were, you know, just killing Christians, uh, and many Christians have left already from the Middle East. Lebanon was a Christian country uh, a few decades back, but what is it today? Uh, and you also see from Bethlehem, a lot of Christians are leaving from that place. Uh, what is the situation here in Israel when it comes to to uh, to the, 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 the survival of the, the
1: Christian minority. So, since uh, 1948, when uh, Israel was established, the Christian community in Israel, uh, is growing all the time, all the time growing. They live insecure, in a, in a democratic state, open uh, society, we can say. They have freedom of worship, security, everything. You can find Christians in the judges in the Supreme Court. you can find Christians director of hospital, in the academy, in sport, in the culture, high tech, in every aspect of the labor market and, and the, of the Israeli society, you can find the Christians. But they all did it as individual as their own career. The change that Father Gabriel brought was that they, they do it, they integrate, they do all that but as a, as a collective, as a Christian community, as Christians first, as Israeli Christians. And, and that, that was the change, not only as individuals, as Israeli Christians. This is the change that takes that stand with, with the state of Israel. And the, the Christian community in Israel, as I said, growing, and it's also the most educated. Um, group in Israel, because they have the private schools of the churches, which is a private uh, educational systems that makes them uh, the most educated uh, in Israel, and, and they, have, uh, they have a good life. Most of them have good life in Israel, unlike around us in the early 20th century. The Christians in the Middle East used to be about 20% of the population. Today, there are only 4% left. And as as you mentioned, we can see that even here, five minutes from where we are sitting here in Bethlehem, the change from a Christian uh, city to a Christian with a majority of uh, Muslims and Christians keep uh, leaving living Bethlehem and, and the cities around. But then, then you met uh, Father Gabriel and became part of this
0: organization. Uh, so what uh, experiences did you get from that work?
1: So first of all, I, I, I got to know the Christians in Israel and Christianity and Christians in the Middle East much better than I knew before the different denominations, the, the different uh, identities. It's very, very interesting, the, the history, the culture. And uh, I mostly I, I found out that there are many Christians in Israel that want to take part, but they didn't do it, because sometimes you need a leader, sometimes you need uh, someone charismatic uh, that, that will be a kind of symbol, and that's that was Father Gabriel and the organization that gave the inspiration to many other quiet voices to speak uh, uh, loud. So I found out that they were waiting for someone to, to call them, and they, are, and they were waiting for, for us, for the, the Jews in the Israeli society, to open the doors and to, to give them our hand and to show them, come on, uh, join us. Let's build the state together. And then you met uh, your partner in this organization, uh, Elias Zarina. Uh, How did you connect? So one day, uh, Father Gabriel sent me to Jerusalem. He asked me to meet Elias Zarina. Part of, of of the organization that Father Gabriel established, part of its activity was to help Christians in Israel with many problems. Because of the, the the importance and the change that that organizations brought, Father Gabriel made a lot of good uh, relations and connections with Israeli authorities, with the government, and he could help people solve their problem. And he sent me to meet uh, Elias in Jerusalem, also to speak with Elias about something personal, and also to see if we can work more with Christians in Jerusalem, which is a They are different than Christians in the Galilee, in the north, or even in the center of Israel. I think Elias will speak about it. And I came to Jerusalem. I I met uh, Elias. And that's how we stayed in uh, touch. In 2017, Father Gabriel Nadav decided to close his organization and go back to his church to build his uh, community in Yafia next to Nazareth. And Elias and I decided that we should take the challenge to establish an organization that will focus only on the Christians in Jerusalem. We'll try to bring the change that we did with Father Gabriel in, in the north to bring it to, to Jerusalem. And uh, we established the Jerusalemites Initiative, Jews and Christians together from uh, Jerusalem mostly. And we are trying to, to do good, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, what is the, uh, when you look back for the, the, the time that you have been doing this, uh, do you, what do you think about the, what you have accomplished?
1: We, first of all, um, the voice. Christians are speaking more about their Israeli identity, also about their historical roots some of them those who understand and who explore a bit, back to the roots before the Arabs and the Muslims occupied the, the area. And, uh, but the most important is that they feel they have a place in the Israeli society. There's still a lot to do, but they know if they want, they have a place. They can integrate. They, ca- they have a voice. They have people that will help them with them together, to build together. I think that this is the, that's the, the, the big change. They became more Israelis and, and more um, aware to their historical roots and to the bridge between the Jewish people and between Christians, between Judaism and Christianity aware that we have shared history, and we have common values, and we need to stand together. Yes,
0: Emma. Uh, I want to just say thank you for your time here, Amit, and I wish you the best for the uh, continuation of uh, this program. Now we're going to meet your friend, Elias Sarina. So thank you again. Thank you very much. Ja då har vi gjort ett lite byte här. Nu har vi alltså mött Amit Barak och vi ska snacka lite mer med den andra delen av Jerusalem med et initiativ Elias Sarina. Welcome to the program Elias.
2: Thank you Akun, welcome to the Holy Land.
0: Thank you. Uh, how did you get involved in this? We have heard Amit uh, telling his background his story. What, did, yes. what also, how is it that you came in, in contact with Father Gabriel?
2: So in the beginning, I met Father Gabriel for a personal issue, and I wanted what he can suggest for me and to get from him a directions. as a father. I came from the Greek Orthodox Church, so he's also my father for my church, and we talk and negotiate about the future of the youth Christians in Jerusalem and he decided that it's better to meet me and Amit because Amit is living around Jerusalem, near to Jerusalem, and to try maybe to establish a department which is connecting with the four, for Gabriel Nadav at that time, uh, for Jerusalemite community, for the Christian in Jerusalem, to try to help them as much as we can because it's a major and it's a big challenge in Jerusalem, especially that the Palestinian Authority and the Palestinian ideology and the Arab ideology is still very high level in the East Jerusalem. And the youth just getting a lot of uh, pressure from that side not to integrate on the Israeli society. So we, we took around maybe one and a half year, up to two years, just to learn about what they want what they need, how can we help them, what affects them badly not to be integrated with the Israeli society. So we find that the language it's the barrier between the Christian community, the Jerusalemite community and the Israeli society. So we started to plan how can we give them uh, educational and give them more education about also their roots, about the roots of the Judaism and the connection between the Judaism and the Christianity. Unfortunately, I came from a Christian church school which is called Talitakumi. It's an evangelical Lutheran school next to Jerusalem. And also the churches inside Jerusalem, they have a lot of schools. Most of them, they have For the Catholic, it's more. The Catholic, maybe they have more than five schools in Jerusalem. All those schools, it belongs to the churches, but they still using the Palestinian educational material for their students, which is effect so bad on the youth, the Christian youth, that all the information about the connection, the roots of Judaism and Christianity, it's hidden from us. What I learned, that Jesus was a Palestinian. When I read my Bible, I figure out that he was a Jewish, he's the Messiah of the Jewish people, he came for the Jewish people, he learned in bet Knesset for the people around the Galilee and the Samaria and Jerusalem, Judah. So, this connection is hidden from us and there is a purpose for The Palestinians and for the Arabs to keep us as a playing card when they want us, they can play it. When they don't need us, we are beside and they continue their life. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard for the youth that there is so much pressure. They want to integrate, they want to serve a national service, military service, police service. But unfortunately, this pressure just makes them decide to be natural, not to belong to this side or to other side, and to be in the middle and just to buy their peace. And this is why we start to act to... There is a motivation on the youth that they see their future with the Israeli society. It's a closer mentality for the Christians and the Jewish, they are the same mentality. The mentality, by the way, of the Christians in Jerusalem and even in Bethlehem and the Palestinian Authority area, it's more Western mind, it's more uh, Western uh, mentality. Uh, So this was the first step for the connection that we provide them, a Hebrew course. Uh, We made it for the last four years. Uh, This year, 2020, we will continue the last year uh, uh, Hebrew course. We made it on the Zoom because it was the COVID pandemic. And we will continue also this year after the Easter and the Pesach. We will continue the second uh, level. Uh, It's important to learn them also not only the language. We should learn them also the culture. We.
0: But, the, but the, lang- the language is, you know, what actually binds uh, together the society. And if you cannot speak the, the, the exactly. language of the society, then you are outside of the huge community,
2: right? For me, what I, what I told all the youth in Jerusalem, your key to enter the Israeli society, it's the language. There is a virtual barrier. It's only a virtual. If you speak the language, you can integrate and you are most than welcome as a Christian in the Israeli society. We have a lot of uh, opportunity to succeed uh, and to make our dreams real because it's a democratic state and we have a right for worship and a right for anything that you want it. You can have it under the law. If you look just for the neighbors here, by example, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, it's not the life, the same life for the Christians in Israel. It's much difficult, uh, especially the last decade, the last 12 years. uh, A lot of, uh, it's kind of genocide for the minorities in those areas like Syria, Lebanon, Al-Qaeda, Daesh, ISIS, all those radical terrorist organizations just affect on the minds of the local Christians in Israel. We need to defend our historical monuments, our churches, our monks, our convents, our families, our children. So the only way to defend ourselves it's to be hand-to-hand, shoulder-by-shoulder with the Israelis, Jewish people. Because we have the same roots. The Christianity came from the Judaism. They are the roots. We are the tree. So this will, must continue forward all the time. Because if we are not unity here, hand-by-hand, all of the neighbors around us just want to destroy us so it's not only they want to destroy the Jewish people, they want also to destroy and to finish also the Christians because for them for their ideology we are a kufrim kufrim that you are not belongs to their religion you are different so you should be killed you
0: actually learned this the hard way because you you weren't grown up with Knowing the Hebrew language yourself, right?
2: That's right. It took me more than five years to learn the Hebrew language
0: when you were grown
2: up. Yes. Uh, I will back to my school, my school, in the beginning, they used the Jordanian uh, educational material. and after Oslo agreement with the Palestinian Authority and Israel, and the Palestinian Authority just come inside the West Bank, Judah and Samaria, They start to provide their educational material, which is not really far from the Jordanian material. And it's not including even in in schools in Jerusalem the Hebrew language. So I finished my university with the first degree in uh, hotel management and tourism. And I start my first year to work as a dishwasher because I don't have the language, I cannot be in a connection with my colleagues in the work. So I start to learn myself, I start really to give time cause I figure out that it's important. Without the key, without the language, I will find myself not working and jobless. And this is what effect on the Christians to leave the Holy Land and find another place to live like South America, Canada, Australia, Europe, So this is really very bad. If they know Hebrew, they have a chance to really interrogate and to succeed. And what told you my colleague Amit about the Christians, we have the chance here. He told you about a supreme uh, on the court, a hospital manager. We have a lot of sections that we could succeed in it. But For the Christians, there is no address. There is no association or organization that established to help them.
0: Uh, What I also find interesting is that you and uh, Amit actually connect together. That's right. The Christian Arab and the Israeli Jew coming together to help the Arabs integrate better.
2: Here you just touch a very sensitive point It's a fake terminology to say about the local Christians here in Israel that they are Arab Christians. We are Israeli Christians speaking Arabic. If you back to my roots from where I came from, I know at least 10 generations back here, my family, we are as a Greek Orthodox Church. I belong to this church, again I'm saying it. We are the continuous, the continuity of the Byzantine Empire or Byzantine Church, which is we are here as the local Christians. We are the first Christians that they believe in Jesus at that time that he's the Messiah. So, on the seventh century, the Islamic occupation came from the south, from the Gulf area now and they start to occupy all the Middle East, and they even get to to Spain now. During that time, from the seventh century until the Ottoman Empire, which was before 200 years, 150 years from now, it effect on the language. We lost our original language, which was Hebrew and Aramaic, we, we also lost our traditionals, our heritage, and a lot of holidays that we celebrated as a Christians with the Islamic-Arabic vision that the culture just mixed, and at that time, when the, the Islamic came and occupied this land, there was for you, for un-Muslims, as Jewish or Druze or Christian, only two choices. The first choice to pay tax, monthly or yearly, yeah. and you can keep your religion. If you don't have money and you are poor, you need to convert, to change your, your beliefs and your religion to Islamic, to a Muslim religion. Yeah. This is why you can see here in the Holy Land a lot of families that they hold the same family name, the same surname, and part of them, they are Christian, part of them, they are Jews, and part of them, they are Christ, uh, Islam, Muslims. So this is a real ideology that it affects on the minorities, especially in the Holy Land, and it takes them to another view to believe in another ideology, to believe not in their book, not in the Bible, not to learn really about our roots.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry for calling you Arab Christian then, but
2: that's. No, the, it's important for me also. Yeah. You say it, it's a very good point that to give my view to the people around the world exactly. to know what's the roots of the local Christians in Israel. Yeah.
0: And I love to hear you telling me that. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Uh, I just wish you the best for the organization and the continuity and um, we, as a Norwegian organization, I think it's very good what the work that you do and I really like to to be a part of the supportive background of your organization. Thank you very very much.
2: much. Thanks for the Norwegian people and God bless you and we keep the faith and the hope here in the Holy Land. Amen. Ja, det
0: var altså det vi hade for denne gangen. Tusen hjertelig tack for at du har fulgt oss gjennom dette programmet, og på gjensyn igen neste uke. Takk for da.